All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the We're Talking Football podcast. I'm Weston. With me, as always, my right-hand man, Lou. Lou, we are coming off what many people have described as the best weekend of football potentially ever. All four games this weekend came down to a final play, a number of which, three to be exact, ended on field goals in the final seconds of regulation in the final game of the weekend, ending on a single possession in overtime and what could quite possibly be the best playoff game we have witnessed if not ever in quite some time now me personally i spent last weekend in green bay watching my 49ers pull off a, a minor miracle at, at lambeau but here we are heading into championship weekend the chiefs and the Bengals have the afternoon game and then we have a trilogy for the NFC championship between the LA Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. I know you might not be as excited as I am right now, but my friend, like you always do, I need you to bring that energy this evening. Let's have some fun. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll tell you right now, first of all, the opening was not bad. I mean, I did it last week. You know, if I had to critique it, I'd give it like a 7.8, 7.8 opening from you. You still I, got I, it. You still I, got it. Weston. Still got it after a week off, right? Uh, I, anything above a six is a win in my book. So I'll take yeah, that seven point. Yeah, I would say that. No, but uh, I was going to ask you uh, your thought process of, of uh, these uh, the games this past weekend. Do you feel like it was like the best like playoff, you know, playoff sequence uh, that we've ever seen in our in our lives? So hard for me to give a definitive yes on that because this was a, a unique playoff experience for me where my initial pass at three of the four games was via the radio. So for the Bengals Titans game, I was listening to it in the uh, parked on some guy's front lawn that lives across the street from Lambeau field who let us tailgate um, and listen to that during pregame. Then uh, on the drive home from, from green Bay, I was listening to both the Rams and the bucks and, and the chiefs and the bills uh, via the radio, which is, is very interesting, right? Because you gotta, you do have to use your imagination. You have to visualize it. Thank God I've watched enough football. Now, that being said, I did ask my wife while gone to record both of Sunday's games for me. So Tampa Bay versus L.A. Um, and then, obviously, thank God I asked her to record that Chiefs-Bills game because that was epic. So, like, my initial reaction was, like, just a, a really good week of football because I had to use my ears more than I can use my eyes. Uh, going back and, and watching these some of these games and what I experienced firsthand at Lambeau Field, like it's hard for me to dispute that it's not the best playoff weekend that I've seen. Like you saw outside of my own game, you saw high scoring, competitive and tight games throughout. And I mean, if I think of Sunday, like thinking about the Tampa Bay LA game, you know, a game that seemed locked up for LA and then yet here comes Tom Brady, right? Just doing Tom Brady things and and making the game closer than it should have ever been. And then Sunday night, just watching that battle between uh, Pat and Josh, you know, at the QB positions and what some of their skill players were able to do. Um, you know, it was offense at its finest and, yeah, like so after after watching it, it, it's a lot easier for me to go back and say uh, the best weekend of football, not even just playoff football that I have seen in a, a long, long, long time. What about you? I want to say, yes, it's the best playoff weekend of, of, of football I've seen in a long time. Uh, 
now everyone's saying, is that Bills Chiefs game the best game you've seen? And there's a lot of good games that, you know, I recall. First and foremost, I'm not sure if you remember the Rams Chiefs from a couple of years back. I know it wasn't a playoff game. That was like then, 50 something to 50 something, wasn't that it? That was fun. As, I still have that recorded up, by the way, in my DVR. <laughs> I don't know why. I just, I, <laughs> Because it was that exciting of a game. Uh, then you got um, the Music City Miracle. That was pretty damn epic, too, yep. uh, between the Titans and the Bills. And I also thought about the, a lot of this with the Bills. It's just thinking about Bills Oilers, Frank Reich leading the yeah. comeback. Remember, that was a playoff game now. Yes, it was. Yes, so, it was. Uh, where does this one line up in between You know those games? It's, it's, it's going to say, I'm going to say it's right up there. Uh, Maybe the nostalgia in me, I would probably go Bills Oilers, but uh, this is right. This one, this Bills Chiefs game, which I was the most excited from all the games, and it, I'm glad did not dis, uh, disappoint. Because how many times, Weston, during the season we talk about this is going to be a crazy game, crazy game, and it ends up being a sloppy, low-scoring game. So happy that we saw uh, this game actually live up to the hype because seldom do they do. This was my game that I was looking forward to the whole time, and it did not disappoint. Yeah, um, I. I... So when you talk about like all time games that you've we've seen and witnessed, we've seen obviously yeah, I'm not it, them it, yeah, no, of yeah. and, and shit like that. I mean it's it's in the eyes of the beholder, right? You ask a Bills fan, they're not going to tell you this is the best game they've ever seen because of an end result, right? So like as a non biased, they'll tell you it was a great game and crazy, but like you know I. I've seen some playoff nail biters, you know, for my own team, like throughout. And when it doesn't end the way you want it to, like I go back to those 19, early 1990s heartbreaks and, you know, two consecutive losses to the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC championship. Right. Like, you know, again, game. yeah, yeah. Good, good games. Right. Yeah. Roger Craig fumble and Matt Barr going down the field and kicking a field goal. Right. Like mm -hmm. those things like stand out and they were good football games, but they hurt me. Right. So I block them sometimes. <laughs> so I get it from a fan, like a, if you if your if you had no skin in the game, right? Like if your team is unfortunately at this point not in the playoffs, and you sat back and watched this slate, and you watched that game, you can't dispute it's one of the best you've ever seen. Like, yeah, I think that's where where I come from because obviously I, have, I don't have any rooting interest in any of these teams. So if being like a third party type of person, uh, that's what I'm saying. It's it's probably right up there for me for, uh, for me, Weston. But like you said, I want to get back to what you said earlier. Tell the fans, uh, all you know, uh, three million of them, uh, you know, your experience, how you went into Lambeau and came home with the W. Um, yeah. So to <laughs> summarize, I went into Lambeau and came home with a W. I can tell you for 55 minutes of football, it certainly didn't feel like that game was going to be uh, a W. It was, and again, another one of these stressful ones. It felt like, no, you know, outside the first drive for the, well, you know what? I'll, I'll save that aspect because we're going to talk about the game in, in okay. a second here. But uh, just in terms of my experience, like first and foremost, hats off to the Green Bay Packer fans. They're some of the most humble, um, grateful, uh, just gracious fan base that you can ever come across. So anybody who has not been to Lambeau Field, there's a million and one reasons to go. It is literally the mecca of football. Um, it is title town. It is. It is literally in a residential area. People live across the street from the stadium, which is epic in its in its own right. Um, but th these fans are great. They are the salt of the earth. They could not be more courteous and respectful. Uh, so you enjoy that. I mentioned that I like literally parked on a dude's front yard 
<laughs> across the street from Lambeau. He charged everybody, and I can get into that whole story too. But you're just oh, hanging out. something like that. $40 a head. That's $40 a car. That's cheaper than this this one guy who was like collecting for like all the neighbors because it's a string of houses. He could fit 60 cars on his parking on his property. And he's told me, and he told me when I was talking to him, he was like, dude, I make one mortgage payment a year parking at Lambo and doing this every single weekend literally pays for my mortgage for my oh, house. Man. Yeah. So, and then I met the guy who actually owns the house that I parked at after the game. I was like, were you in the game? He's like, no, nah, I hate the Packers. I'm like, bro, you live across <laughs> the street from Lambo and you hate the Packers. He's like, yeah, I hate the Packers. And I was like, I didn't even know people like you existed in this area, but just a great experience, man. Made it all worthwhile. Obviously getting the dub, like you, you talked about. Um, but Lambo is just so cool. And, and it's, if, again, if you've never been there, it's a bowl, right? So, like, if you think of your local team stadiums and you go to, there's multiple <laughs> levels. Like, think about for you and I, you go to MetLife, right? On the escalator, getting off in the mezzanine or in the ones or in the twos or the threes. Lambo, there's one le- there's one floor entry, and you either go up or you go down or you stay right there. So, they squeeze 80,000 people in, and it's in a bowl. There's really not a bad seat in the house, and it's all bleachers. There's not a like you don't have your own individual seat like everybody's sitting on bleachers. And, dude, when I tell you that every single person in that stadium was standing for 60 minutes of football, every single person was standing. for the Well, yeah, of, co- of course, because I wouldn't want to sit down and my ass gets stuck on the on the cold, uh, <laughs> you know, it stick yeah. to the cold bleachers. bro. how cold is it out there? It was cold. I mean, I told you I've been there before. It was much colder the first time. But, I mean, you're talking about zero degrees and you're talking about snow falling, like, you know, starting in the in the second half. But that made for the experience. Like, you're at the Mecca football, in the playoffs, in the snow. I mean, that's like when people think of having to go to Lambeau Field in the playoffs to play for the last 30 years and even prior to that, a very competitive football team. That's what they think of. That's what they fear, mm-hmm. right? Like, please don't let it be this cold. Please don't let it be snowing. Cause I promise you, dude, especially teams that are more finesse teams and have high, high octane offenses, that weather does not bode well for what you're trying to of accomplish. Course. It just does oh, not. Um, but it was, it was awesome, man. It was, it was everything I hoped it would be. Uh, let's make no bones about it. A 19 plus hour car ride with some catastrophes on the way home is only made bearable uh, by having a W under your belt. That's all you can just remind yourself as you get another week of football. But I appreciate you asking me. It's it's one of those things that I'm fortunate enough to do twice in my lifetime, but it's a it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. And by the way, uh, shout out. You, you came with the hotness with that 49ers throwback satin was that was that mitchell ness that's mitchell ness bro mitchell ness gold fucking jacket they don't make jackets like that anymore that that was an awesome uh you know awesome attire that went into that game bro my wife uh i wore that the first time my wife bought that for me uh on my 30th birthday so literally the year before i got to rock it the first time in a couple years ago right yeah 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 like literally <laughs> last month um <laughs> Yeah, dude, honestly, and this just is uh, a testament to the Packer fans. I can't tell you how many people came up to me while I was just walking up to the stadium or through the stadium to get to my seats. Even after the game, they're like, bro, that jacket is so dope. That jacket yeah, is so it, dope. Listen, I'm not nice. And that 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 jacket like just brought me back memories to like, all the other jackets back in the day we used to wear. Even the starter jacket. I know mm-hmm. it was Mitchell Ness, but uh, we, we need to bring back satin jackets, I think. I think – 
when when does that you know come back? You know, uh, gonna you know show its uh, pretty head again. <laughs> Sign me up, man. Speaking of starters, you remember like the throwback starters? My wife is, and little this is very little known that she was a 49ers fan before I even met her. Like growing up was a a 49ers fan, and she's got her own Jerry Rice jersey that I never bought for her. That is hers, and she's got her own. 49er starter pullover jacket that I have here in my office that I almost brought with me to be like, do I wear this or do I wear the gold? Because either one's making a statement. No, you got it. No, you chose right. That starter jacket's easily 25 years old, dude. And we all bought them so big when we were kids that they would still fit you as an adult anyway. Weston, <laughs> uh, no, we didn't. Mine fit perfectly like a <laughs> Mine, you could have fit four of me in it, but I had a black one. I had a like the black with the red and the gold. She's got the white, red, and gold. It's pretty, it's pretty tight, dude. Yeah. All right. I appreciate you asking me though, man. I had a lot of fun. I mean, um, come on. I mean, you were at one of the best games, you know, you know, you know, of the year. And the fact that like it was a playoff game, we had to talk about it. Yeah, of course, of course. And I and for the for the millions of listeners, as Lou discussed. I did not know that question was coming. Uh, that was not teed up. So that was everything you got from me was raw emotion uh, on what it felt like to be at that game. Real quick, by the way, listeners, go to our, our Instagram page at WTF Pod NFL. And Weston sent me some pictures, some videos. You'll be able to see the experience. So that'll be pretty cool, too. Yeah. Actually, dude, something real cool on the walk in. I met a set of twin brothers. One who was a Packer fan, one who was a 49er fan. Oh, wow. And they were at the game, too. So, like, that stuff's, like, always cool. I did – same thing happened to me when I traveled to Carolina for a playoff game uh, eight years ago. I met a set of twin brothers, one that was a Panther fan, one that was a 49er fan. And I, you always find that intriguing, right? Like, they grew up in the same household. They do exactly the same thing, yet they root for separate teams, and then their worlds collide, like, randomly. So, pretty cool. Well, you stuff. got me excited. You said twins, but then you oh. – ultimately lost her and you said brothers so uh, i thought you were going in a different direction so no, it's, uh, it's not 10 o'clock yet so we're not at <laughs> post-censored hours i'll tell the, those stories at a later date and time and make sure they're not recorded by the way <laughs> <laughs> we're just kidding we are just kidding but All we're right. not <laughs> <laughs> too funny all right so lou i did mention to you i had a little curveball for you so plan tonight reality let's recap some of these divisional games what we've already been talking about how great they were but we'll go through them kind of one by one there's only four of them um and then we'll forward look to the championship weekend afc championship nfc championship so before we dive into the games i do have a little curveball for you hold on i'm a little nervous now i'm like pedro serrano i only hit the heat i have trouble with the curve so go (laughs) i say fuck you joe boo i do it myself (laughs) Well, it's one of the greatest lines in any movie, by the way. So I'm flicking through my phone because I have to have a stat ready for after I ask this to you. Okay. Um, and, I, and, I, and I'm stealing this from somebody and I'll give them their credit. But before we dive into recapping the game, a widely debated topic after Sunday night's epic game between the Bills oh, and the Chiefs. Lou, what are so your happy. thoughts on the current overtime <clears throat> rules in the NFL? Hot garbage. Straight up garbage. It's awful. And why? Why? Yeah. If people are saying the coin flip doesn't tell who's going to win the game, then how come when the team that wins the coin flip says, "Hey, you know what? We'll defer. You know what? We're not. We're, we don't want the ball." So why does everyone accept possession of the ball in overtime if they win the in the coin toss? If it's not that big of a deal, 
And I'm so glad you did that because I saw a boatload of stats and I got to share it with everyone. First and foremost, if the, if the coin toss, the coin flip, if you don't win it, uh, here, here are some great stats. Teams that win the flip are 10 and one. Playoff teams that have a, have a 90% win rate in overtime if they win the toss. And 70% of those wins come from the opening drive. Insane. I don't, the thing I don't understand, all right, you're saying like, uh, you know, the, you know, the Chiefs want, why shouldn't the Chiefs have to play defense in overtime? Why are they excluded from playing defense in overtime? Why didn't only the Bills have to play defense? I hate the adage, oh, if you just stop them. No, it's not fair. It's literally sudden death. And I, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I hate the overtime rules. They have to change them. And th- that's just my personal opinion. And frankly, they're robbing us of, of better football. Think about it. I don't, it's a, it's also a money grab, so I don't understand why they're not changing it. It's not like the NFL is worried about players' health. I mean, we've seen that right now. Pretty much testing is like, eh, you're positive, no, don't tell, don't ask type shit. Yep. But I'm sorry. Awful rules. Even college has it better. I don't know what, what it should be. Maybe you start the 50-yard line, and then you go back and forth, back and forth, or something like that. But I feel like we got robbed of – I didn't want that game to end. And I also am a Chiefs hater. I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm a Chiefs hater, and I wanted the Bills to get another shot. And I just want to see, you know, more good football. And yeah. that's where I'm coming from. Interesting take. I would love to see how you would feel, how you feel on this. Yeah. So first things first, I think this game in particular did somewhat of a disservice to what the rules are right now. And keep in mind, these have not always been the rules why you and I were alive. Once upon 100%. a time, this was Field sudden that's death. It. That's it. And to me, like you saw what Pat Mahomes was able to do in the Chiefs in 13 seconds left on the clock and still get in a position to kick a field goal, right? So when overtime was decided um, by that, that to me was more of an issue. This, I'm not opposed to these rules. I actually like them. Here's why. So first and foremost, I think, again, this light did cause a – this game – put some things into light because the offenses were moving at such a high rate. It did feel like whoever gets this possession is going to go down and score. Now to me, that's more of an addic- uh, uh, an indictment on the defenses all game. So the, the same thing that cost you during the game is going to cost you in overtime. Now the majority of te- games that do tend to go to overtime are not necessarily this efficient. Right, like where offenses are rolling like this. So here's a stat, and this is from Lewis Riddick, you know, from ESPN. Mm-hmm. Um, of the 163 overtime games, regular season and playoffs, under the current overtime rules, only 35 of them of the 163 were decided by touchdowns on the first possession of overtime. So that's 21 and a half percent. So you're basically saying one out of five was determined on the uh, first possession. So essentially who won the coin flip to me, that's not a large enough percentage to move the needle, right? Like when you think about the change that they made with the extra point, the extra point was legitimately a gimme. It was a 17 yard field goal. The ones that were being missed were being blocked essentially, right? Where now, there are no gimme extra points, right? We see them being missed in bunches every single week. So they took something that was a 99.9% probability that it was going to go through 
and made it more like a 97%, right? So like if teams were winning at 99% or 90 plus percent off of that coin toss, I would say you have to look at this. It's unfair, but I'll speak to this. My 49ers were in overtime against the LA Rams in week 18. We got the ball first. We went down. We, they held us to a field goal. They got an opportunity to get the ball back. So, dude, it still comes down to in the playoffs. Like, what do they say wins championships? Defense. Like, make a stop. Uh, you know what? That make a stop. Right. Make a stop. Make all a stop. Right. All right. That is such an old school mentality. Of but it's the it's... truth. Oh, that is such an old school mentality of thinking defense wins champions. That's like a boomer mentality. And the fact that you're still living by it, because you have to, because your team that you root for that exemplifies that mentality. And where are they right now? Where are they right now? In the I NFC know. championship game, where are the Buffalo Bills home, right? Like, so don't tell me it's let old me you, because it you. makes sense. Let They're home. You. They're home. Where were, where were the Niners? Where did the Niners go after they played the Chiefs in the Super Bowl a couple of years back? They went they home. Went, because Luke, off, you're missing you. a point. We were in the football game, right? At one point, with until six minutes left in the game, we were up so 20 were to Buffalo, 10 so, in that so football the game. Bills. The Buffalo Bills were in that football game, too. But what I'm saying is, like, yeah. Now, like You're bro, never going to get this on this overtime rule. But the, because you're – this is the new age, right? Like, you're the, you're the same thing that the NFL wants. Just wants to watch offense. Just wants to watch offense. Just wants to wants – to, uh, Yes. Last I checked, defensive get players get paid. Last I checked, the second highest compensated position on the goddamn field plays defense. Your defensive ends, like, make a stop. Like, make a stop. And you know what? This might come to bite me in the ass, and we might, I might be, you know, like, this might happen to me this weekend. But, like, that's what it comes down to, man. Like, in the NFL, winning football games, then even what? against these high-powered offenses, you got to make a stop or two during the game. That's what it comes it down to. Then, then why, then why don't when the, someone wins a coin toss in, in overtime, they're like, "We're going to defer because we want to take the wind." How come they never do that, Weston? Because it's because they know they're, the, uh, they're the, still the, playing by the rules, right? Like, well, yeah. Yeah. this is this is saying like it's almost like saying like, "Do you do you?" It, it's it's like blackjack rules, right? Like, are you going to hit on nineteen? Probably when the dealer's showing six, like probably not. You could. A two could come out, right? So, like, in a if if the rules say that you you go down and score a touchdown right now, the game is over. Yeah, you're but a hold on, fool listen, they, if you don't on, take listen. the ball. You're a fool. But if they stop them on defense. Guess what? You only have to score a field goal. You don't have to score the touchdown. No, you're you're you you're arguing on... the wrong side of this. You're arguing the wrong side of this, dude. <laughs> you're literally because now you're 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 trying to make this fit your narrative. The rules are the rules, right? And the rules say you Doesn't win mean the they're coin. right, though. The rules hey, are outdated. That, dude, it's the same thing like if you win the coin toss to, to start the game. You get the chance to defer or whatever it is. Like, So is that, all of a sudden, is that unfair that you get to decide no, that you want the ball no, in the second no. half? You no, know what I mean? It, like That's what you're saying. That's what you're no, saying. Because no, there's two halves. There's a second chance. If you defer the kick, you're like, I can come out the second half. You're getting a second option. There's an added advantage to getting the ball in the second half, right? You get the possession maybe right before halftime, and, and it happens all the time. You go put some points on. You stop bleeding. You do whatever it is you do, and then you get the ball coming out while you're hot. It's no different than in the overtime. Well, hold, it's hold, it's hold playing on. the rules of the game. That is a very popular mentality, one that I also will agree with you in that mentality. However, there are also people – there are also a mentality, hey, if a team's not good on offense, we'll take the ball first, try to score, 
for the, so they can play catch up. So there's, it differentiates. I'm telling you, it differentiates that those overtime rules, not a fan of it. And you can't tell me last thing before we get into the games that if you're a third party, you know, viewer of an NFL game, would you rather have watched, and I need you to be, you can lie to children, you can lie to women. I've always said that you never <laughs> lie to men. Would you have rather watched that Buffalo Bills Chiefs game or the Niners Packers game? If you're not a Niners fan, talking about offense, offense, you know, that's, you can't tell me, I like defense too, bro. You yeah, know, I, I'm but not disagreeing rather, with that. I, I, I'd rather watch, an, I'd rather watch, uh, you know, an offensive game. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I can't disagree with that, right? Like, as a third party, not caring about winner or loser of that game, like, yeah, I want to watch that game. But, like, the game ended due to the rules of the NFL, like, and and that's what ended the game. And you know what? You know what the defensive coordinator of the Bills is saying right now? Like, we needed to make a stop. Whether it was during the game, whether it was in overtime, like, we needed to make a stop. That's what was asked of us. Like, it's – I'm not I'm not sitting here and saying the rule is perfect, right? And the overtime rules are perfect. I am not saying that even a little bit. But you, it's I, so easy to make them perfect. It's so easy. It's not though because you don't want college the college experience. You do, I don't want that in the NFL. Like I don't want to see things going seven, eight, nine, ten overtimes. Like that to me that's that's pointless. You know what I mean? You want to make it fair? Play a quarter. Play an extra quarter. Whoever's got the most points at the end, we go. Okay. You know what I mean? Like. So then maybe you're not worried about possession, but I, I guarantee you this, you you're playing a quarter and it's most po- whoever has points, like the most points scored by the end of it. And we don't care how many possessions go. You're still taking the ball first. It's, it's not going to change. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's not going to change. There's an advantage. It, it, and, and look, Again, there's not, I don't think there's a perfect slate, but what I can tell you is that what it is right now is significantly better than what it has been. Bro, this is Madden 21 rule. What are you going to cry about it because you didn't get another possession? Like, you got 21. Get off the fucking sticks. Like, it's, it's, we lived I, by I, this rule I, our I, whole I, life. Uh, well, I, I told you when we had Jason on the show that I don't know that. I mean, I'd never experienced that per se when it comes to the Madden 20 rule. 21 rule still the it was still the rule and it was a rule that was widely acknowledged no matter what circle you grew up in what state you grew up in explain the rule to explain the rule to everyone again rule is in madden and ea's nca um ea sports nca football as well is if you're making a comeback i think by the way yeah i hope so is i might literally get back into video gaming if it does is if your opponent goes up on you 21 nothing it is game it is past the sticks to the next contestant or you're restarting the game over that game does not go another for another second forward it is the 21 rule it is universally recognized in the world of gaming now real quick uh people uh what i would used to do uh being the prick that i am uh i would never go up 21 points never i would go up 20 points and then let them in with like a field goal or a touchdown, but I would never go up 21 points because I wanted my opponent to suffer. No. See, I just wanted <laughs> on to the next. On to the next. You are a prick. I am. I, am. I will be the first. How the start this cut this all this show started like so friendly. I was talking about, hey, you know, how was your trip and shit? Now we're like going back and forth at each other. Uh, 
you know, me trying to explain to you why you're wrong. And then like, you're, you're still trying to go down that road. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, I'll go all the way down that road. I'll Listen, go up that Creek, no paddles doing the fucking backstroke. Weston, Weston, call me Lionel Richie. I'll go all night long, baby. All night long, baby. And I ain't easy like Sunday morning. <laughs> all right. So let's dive into some of the divisional recap. Okay, um, I want, I want to start with, we'll start with the Bengals Titans, right? We'll go in order uh, of the games, right? Okay. So the, the Saturday early after or mid afternoon game, you had the Cincinnati Bengals going to, uh, so the number four ranked Cincinnati Bengals going to the number one ranked Tennessee Titans coming off a bye. Uh, what'd you see? Well, before we get into any of the games, I just want to go over like, cause we did pick each, each and every week, the first week of the playoffs, immaculate six and oh. Six and I did not miss a game. I followed up with even a more impressive uh, <laughs> following by going, what was I? I didn't win a game. I was like, oh, in uh, oh, and four? Yeah, you didn't win a game. I didn't win a game. Yeah. Just goes to show you how much I fucking know about football. <laughs> so I went five and one the week before, and then I went two and four, or no. One, one no, and four. One and, one, and, one, and three one and three this week, so it puts us even. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just what, what do you think is more impressive winning all like winning all the games that you pick or losing all the games that you pick? Totally losing. Right. Because we're so <laughs> convinced. Yeah. Because you're so like trying to be so convincing. Leading Dude, into I was it, like, so this is convinced. what's happening. I was like running stats and stuff like that. Oh, they don't match up. So anyway, getting back to the Titans uh, Bengals game. I did pick the Titans. I thought they were going to win. And um, if you revisit our last show, I said the WTF factor for me was the Bengals' offensive line, right? I said if they give Joe Burrow time to throw, he's going to be able to get some big splash plays. Well, guess what? They did not give Joe Burrow time to throw. The Titans sacked Burrow nine times. And how do you – if you're a team – Weston, explain to me this. If you're a team and you sack a quarterback nine times, how do you lose a game? How do you lose that game? I, I don't that's, know. That's pretty that, – that, that's – Equally as impressive as me. Well, I'll tell you how you lose that game. I'll tell you how that lose that uh, game. Yeah, you're gonna, go ahead, give it to me. Is your top 10 quarterback throws three interceptions in the game? That's right. <laughs> That's right. Don't think that one was sliding by, bro. Yeah, you're 100% right. You're uh, That means the Titans offense played like real shit. But um, I wasn't so much of a believer in the Titans. It's just the fact that I felt like the Bengals were a, a year too early. Uh, is a popular phrase that's been on this show to explain the up-and-coming teams. Which I don't but, subscribe to. Another battle Luke continues to try to pitch around here. <laughs> so um, something I was convinced the Titans were going to win for the mere fact that, hey, A.J. Brown's back, Julio Jones is back, uh, Derrick Henry's back, albeit, you know, still probably a little rusty. And he did look rusty, uh, Derrick Henry. There's numerous times he looked slow and sluggish. There's a time it was a zone uh, – a, a zone. Uh, outside zone stretch play to the right, bro. Normally he would have went right by the defender and like stiffed on him and just put him on his ass and just go for like, you know, 15 yards. He, I find him really getting tackled behind the line of scrimmage and he just looked really slow. And what I really didn't take into account for, yeah, getting all those players back on that offense. But when you're a team and you're getting like your superstars back and you really have, you practice, okay, you practice with each other, but you haven't played numerous games you need that. You need that time to gel. You need game time uh, uh, play to really gel. And they did not look like they gelled. And it's clear because Tannehill threw three interceptions. I felt like the Bengals' the defense was very opportunistic. 
but both this was a defensive battle this game and we were talking about the sacks before the titans have some really good people on their defense and especially in the front seven some rising stars harold landry he uh, had a, a sack and a half uh this past game he, he's a free agent this year interesting to see if they can afford to bring him back or if not or if he's gonna be able to help bolster some uh, others uh, defense out there but uh, Jeffrey Simmons has quietly made his name for one to be the best interior defensive lineman. He had th- he had eight tackles and three sacks from interior defensive linemen. They do move him around a lot, but I was he that, I felt like that was his come out game, uh, you know, for the Titans. <clears throat> and everyone's talking about you know the Bengals and Burrow, and I I'm not a Burrow hater. I like Joe Burrow, and I'm not saying this because I'm obviously a Justin, uh, you know, Justin Herbert, you know, fanboy here, but. Burrow's performance so far, I feel like you know he did enough. You look at you're gonna look at the stat sheet. Like, oh, he had a really good game. I wouldn't really say that. I felt like he just made big time throws and big time moments. I didn't really think he played throughout. If, if you watched him play throughout the whole game, the eyeball test, I wouldn't say he had a great you know a, a great game. I'm not saying he had a bad game, but I just felt like he just it was depending on the opportunity uh, with Joe Burrow because. And I've been lauding this Bengals offense and saying it's been so dynamic, and it has been, but it really has been sputtering. They've had three touchdowns in the playoffs and eight field goals. Uh, Mixon sucked again, for lack of a better word. And uh, off the offensively, they didn't make any adjustments to kind of counteract, you know, those cover zero blitzes by the Titans. There was no one in the flats. They kept on going for those big play shots, and they kept on getting burned. They're just lucky that their defense bailed them out this game. That's what I saw. Yeah, so this game kind of went the way that I expected. uh, Minus Tennessee losing the football games, I I, I picked Tennessee. I thought, um, as I mentioned the week previous. (laughs) You're like, this game went exactly the way I expected, but I thought Tennessee was going to win. Yeah, I mean, like, literally just like the inverse score, right? Like, if I had to pick a score, I probably would have been like 2017 or something along those lines, but for the – for the Titans. And I, I mentioned last week, a difference in philosophies, right? Like Mike Vrabel and company are very much smash mouth football. They want to win at the line of scrimmage. You saw that from the defense. I mean, they still ran for 140 yards. So you saw that from the offense and the Cincinnati Bengal team is like I said, super finesse. Uh, they want to air it out evident by 350, almost 350 yards passing by Joe Burrow. The run game has been very limited for Cincinnati. We've talked about that over the last few weeks, 65 yards in total as a team. Less like than that four, doesn't four, less than four yards per carry. Yeah, by that, Mixon. That's not good. That d- typically doesn't cut it in the playoffs. Right. Um, so again, I had called my, my WTF factor to be AJ Brown and statistically he kind of was right. Five was. for 142, a touch like 28 yards of reception, had nine targets so like they were definitely getting him involved i mean they got julio involved i think they just got derrick henry over involved and that's a slippery slope you're right it's a slippery slope right like a he's king henry right like we know what he does when he's healthy and a lot of his games look this way right like 17 to 20 carries between you know prior to the third quarter, 60, 70 yards rushing. And then the fourth quarter is when he just pounds on you and, and moves the ball. But um, again, I've, I listened to this, this game on the radio. So I, I can't, I can't give you what I saw from my eyes, like in terms of him looking sluggish, it just sounded like it. And maybe they stuck with him a little too long. Cause even despite Tannehill's three interceptions, 
Like they were still always in this game, right? Like it was yeah. still decided by a field goal. They were inopportune when they were taking place. I mean, luckily one was on like legit the first play of the game and they only surrendered a field goal. But like when I look at Dante Foreman's stat line and I see four carries for 66 yards, I'm like, whoa. Yeah, no. Like, so could we have not gotten him a few more touches? Wesley, you, know? you, hit, you hit the nail right in the head. When you're a coach, when do you go away from your superstar? Uh, because it's just not working right now. He's coming it's, off a major injury early, slippery, by the way. Man, that's a slippery slope. Yeah, but every time Foreman got the ball, he was making things happen. So I felt like they should have went to him more often than they did. And that could have helped them move that uh, move the uh, the chains more often. But you hit the ball, you hit that nail right in the head when it, when Foreman should have got more touches. Yeah, um, I agree with you that like when you see a stat line of a team sacking a quarterback nine times, you usually think that team wins, and that's kind of why I I would label Joe Burrow my WTF factor coming out of this game. Now, statistically, like you know, you see no touchdowns thrown. I see 348 yards. I agree with you that he made some big time throws in some big time spots. And that's what you want from a quarterback, but why he really gets the nod from me. Cause this could have easily been like Jamar chase or, or, I mean, I could even go back to AJ burn for how he played in this game. Right? Like he had some, some clutch catches, but for me, what are you listening to right now? This is not me. Got some technical difficulties here. That's definitely you. Uh, all right, sorry about that, folks. I didn't. That... Do you have like ESPN up or something on, on the other thing? Because sometimes they play oh, my, those, oh, like videos. No, my computer, my other computer is uh, muted. No, uh, so you only have one screen up on your computer. Yeah. I wonder if it's. I don't know. It could be me. We'll just blame me. It's probably your. Control. It's your Pornhub subscription. I know. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, but why I give it to Joe Burrow, back to our regular scheduled program here, why I give it to Joe Burrow is being sacked nine times and really not losing his cool and really just kind of sticking true. with the game plan and, and doing things. And for a dude who's, I know, on paper on his second year in the league, but he also missed last year with like a torn ACL and inherited a 2-14 and 14 team, and now this team's about to be playing in the NFC Championship, that's a pretty – impressive mental performance for me. And, and that's why I would give him like my WTF factor. Agree with you hundred percent. This kid took a, a two and four, 14 Bengals team. And now they're one game away from going to the Super Bowl. So, um, and, and you know what, not only did he take a two and four, 14 Bengals team to uh, possibly the Super Bowl, but he's doing it with in my opinion, a bad coach. I don't, I'm not a big believer in that coach. I think they win despite him as opposed to in favor of him. But uh, that's just my opinion. I'm not a huge Zach Taylor fan either. Um, here's the reality. Like, I don't follow – like, I don't really get involved in, like, coaching discussions unless something's glaringly obvious or it's my own team, right? Um, so I'm, I don't get to see Zach Taylor in the media every day. I don't get to see how he, like, carries himself. I don't find him to be overwhelmingly impressive, but – here's what it is, right? Like what is he in his third year? And he's about to be in, he's in the AFC championship um, with a really bright young future. And here's what's on his resume. First play, first Bengal playoff win in what? 30 years. Uh, mm -hmm. First road playoff game one or first 
yeah, first road playoff game one in their franchise history. So those two times they went to the Super Bowl, they were the AFs. They were like they had home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the last time under Boomer Sison that they won a playoff game. Like that's how far we're going back. So those things are on his resume. And now he gets to see uh, Patty Mahomes and Andy Reid this coming weekend. Um, and I think it's going to make for good football. But we'll talk about that in a little while. Of course. All right. Let's get out of here. Let's go to it, keeping in order. Uh, no bias here. We're going to go to the San Francisco 49ers, visited the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau Field. You go first on this one, man. What did you see? Because you had – you were on there firsthand. So what did you see there? I was. Uh, speaking of being there firsthand, I have another viral, semi-viral vi- video. So shout-out to Jennifer Lee Chan, a beat reporter for the 49ers, who was like, hey, drop a picture of your reaction to the field goal here or video. She retweeted it, and we're like at like fourteen thousand views of my reaction of winning the game. So, pretty don't pretty. Make, cool. don't, don't, oh, he's gonna have it. You're gonna have a big head now, aren't you? You're gonna go to Hollywood and all that shit. Yeah, <laughs> I just you know, I gotta I gotta talk to my agent. Like I need to be compensated <laughs> for this. Uh, she'll have a loophole because you can't really see my face because I'm covered in like ski mask gear, like to be in that cold weather. Um, but you're right. I was at that game. It's funny, though, because sometimes when you're at that game, depending upon where your seat, the game is just entirely different than when you're watching it on TV, when everything is like a 50-yard line view, right? So you see how depth, bro, this has to be you. Dude, I have nothing up right now. I swear to God, I have nothing up right now. Do you have the TV on? I don't have a TV in this room, bro. (laughs) I think it's you probably is all right can we get our i all right so who's our it boy again hold on oh we no, don't have is... he's also our stack guy he's also I, I literally have nothing up except for this the streaming thing. i literally just have espn up but Dude, like it's, it's, ESP, no... it's espn and no but but sometimes their videos like play like if you're on a page for a while but like where it is is like not playing so dude i'm telling you it's your espn whatever it's probably just technology being technology and we're like picking up somebody else's like radio right now Uh, is listening in on us yeah for real um so like for instance that final run from debo uh to get that first down right on that like third in seven and he got nine yards from where i was sitting i didn't even know if he got two yards i'm yelling i'm like did he get it did he get it like it's just a totally different angle um, an experience, but what did I di- what did I see? I'll take you through the progression of being at this game. 49ers win the toss. They defer to the second half. Watch Aaron Rodgers go right down the field with ease and put seven on the board, and us go three and out. That had, to be, that? That had, that had to be deflating. V- yes, when you have eighty and listen, the 49ers travel well, and there was there was a good a good showing for Lambeau Field. But it's hard to take over Lambeau Field like we've done other stadiums. It's very difficult. So, you know, you got if they see if they sit 80, 71,000, 72,000 of them just roaring as that's going on. So that was um, definitely defeating. Um, and it looked too easy for Green Bay. Like it looked too easy. So. Yeah, like I'm worried. Like we're playing in zero degree temperature. They're calling for snow. Eventually, the field is noticeably slick, right? So, footing's coming, uh, not coming easy. So, who does that benefit? Well, that benefits number twelve and number seventeen all day because they're always on the same page. Doesn't matter what the weather is. After that, 
I saw D'Amico Ryans get into his bag and take this offense away from Green Bay. And frust- And Aaron Rodgers was visibly frustrated via his body language on the field. For all intents and purposes, Devontae Adams had nine for 90, no touchdowns. I take that all day long. Yep. All day long. Probably his worst game against you guys, too, since he's played you guys. All day long, dude. What did I say? I said last week going into this game that Devontae is going to still get his eight to ten touches. They just can't be for the big play, and they were never once for the big play. I mean, Aaron Jones was the leading receiver. He had nine for 129, and 75 of those came on a busted play right before, which, by the way, he's running toward me. That's the end zone that I'm in, and I'm just like, somebody catch this guy. Somebody catch this guy. And even there, if they didn't block – listen, that block field goal is huge at the end of the half – but even if they didn't block it, you're still like, all right, this is 10 nothing, right? Like, that is – you can overcome that and not have to get away from what the 49ers, like, intended to do, which was run the football. You know, like, that's what they wanted to do. Um, Green Bay sold out to take the run away from them. Um, I, I think the, the talk of the town here right now is, like, Jimmy statistically did not have – a good game, and you're right, and he and he took sacks, right? He was sacked four times. We sacked Aaron five times, and he had that turnover to to the, on the interception where, dude, again, I had the perfect angle of this. He had Kittle. Kittle was wide open. It's just not a throw that Jimmy makes confidently. Um, he doesn't have that necessarily arm strength. Like Herbert would make this throw all day long, all day long. He just it just waited too long. And it's got to go to the back of the end zone. It was to the front of the end zone and let the defender get in front of him. Like, um, so there's things that could have made this game differently. Like George Kittle had a drop on, I think I was like our second drive over the middle where he might walk into the end zone and dropped it. Like that looks different. Elijah Mitchell gets called for a face mask penalty where it was first and goal. It would have been first and goal in the three. And it was, yeah, it was, but like, how often is that really called? Not yeah, really. I know. It's so not saying that's a cheeky penalty. Not saying like the refs like that's one thing I loved about this game is there were no cheeky penalties. To me, every penalty was absolutely a penalty. That was absolutely a pen- penalty on Elijah Mitchell. One that is probably more often missed by the officials than it is called by the officials, but it was a penalty. But now you go from first and goal from the three to first and goal from the 18. And your offense is not built to, to overcome no. stuff like that. We want to run that ball in on the next four runs, right? Like we're yeah. going for it on fourth down there. We're running that ball in. And then you get a false start penalty right after that, right? So now it's first and goal from the 23 that results in a field goal. So the 49ers, I think what's overlooked is they had opportunities. Jimmy had three big drops on him. Ayuk dropped one, Kittle dropped one, and Jennings dropped one all in the first half. That makes that stat line maybe look a little bit different. But I'll tell you what, fourth quarter, we we blocked the punt, right? Let's talk about the special teams for a minute, right? We, you, I, ha- you, you have to bring up the special teams because, to be honest with you, if you don't bring up the special teams, you guys are that, – that's why you – the defense and special teams are the only reason why you won that game, in my opinion. And I'll go into that a little more, but go ahead. Not the only reason, a significant – reason a significant reason and you heard jason and i talk about this last week leading in that like special teams could be the reason why we lost this game right that we were nervous about that lo and behold again as i mentioned a very significant reason as to why we won this game so jimmy ward who got burnt on that play or was out busted coverage on the aaron jones long catch 
redeems himself and blocks his, blocks the field goal right before halftime. Huge, huge swing of momentum. We get the ball coming out. Move the ball a little bit, go down, kick a field goal. Uh, Willis blocks the punt. Ho, uh, Talona Hoafunga picks it up, runs it in for a touchdown. Um, huge, right? Yes. And, dude, that happened in my end zone, and you should hear heard me screaming, look up! Look up because they had no idea where the ball was. No idea where the ball was. And we're screaming to look up. And they finally picked up the ball and, and walked it in. Now you're now you're sitting at a, a 10-10 ball game and your offense hasn't scored uh, a touchdown. But here's where I'm still nervous because almost five minutes left in the game when that happens. And you give the ball to Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau in his home field. Like this is what when you talk about Aaron Rodgers, like this is what he did. We gave him 36 seconds or 37 seconds when we played them earlier in the year. And he sliced us up like Swiss cheese right down the field to kick a field goal to win the game. Right. So I'm like five minutes. Oh, well, here we come. Four minute offense. Like they're going to do what they want. We make them punt and we get the ball back with, I don't know, high three and change. And I, I turned to, to our executive producer, Boho, and I'm just like, bro, <laughs> two first downs. That's all they need right here. Two first downs, two first downs, get you over midfield. Two first downs based on the two timeouts they have left. Let you choose if you want to push this ball or if you want to take this to overtime. And I would have been fine going to overtime, dude. Our defense, like Aaron did nothing in the second half. Like Yeah, but was, you just you wouldn't want to receive the ball though in overtime, right? You would want to defer and give it to Aaron Rodgers, right? Bro, the way our defense was playing, I would have kicked that ball <laughs> off and then kicked a nice easy field goal because LaFleur would have gone for it on fourth down. Um, in any case, right? But so we acknowledge special teams, but on that, that final drive for us, throwing the ball in the first two plays, ballsy, ballsy. And, and Jimmy did what he was supposed to. He hit Kittle, perfect pass. What is it? 17, 18 yards. Hit Debo on a little hour route out of, out of the backfield. Uh, not as pretty, uh, but significant yardage right there. Those are the two, two first downs I was talking about. You burn all through the timeouts. You get passed through the two-minute warning. And then they were able to choose. And then let's just call it what it is, dude. Debo's having a year similar to Cooper Cup where, like, it's one for the history books. It's going to be really hard to duplicate that ever again. If he comes close, it's still something special. But on third and seven, you hand the ball off to your wide receiver in the backfield. That's how you know he's a special man. And he goes and gets you nine. And you kick the field goal and you get out of Green Bay. What a win, 13-10. Well, they had to. Uh, uh, are you, would you mind if I? No, but yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, they had to because, and I'm gonna keep it real with you, man. All right, so don't get pissed when I'm, the things I'm about to say. They had to because Jimmy G was awful. Jimmy G is bad. Uh, a lot of the throws, you, he could have easily had four interceptions. Like they were off some fingertips to some players. And I remember us talking about the game last week. Um, and both like you and. Uh, Jason were alluding to the fact that like this, you know, Packers defense, you know, you guys always ran through them. You always did. I said, not this time. This defense is a little different. And they, the they, Packers, were. they did show up. They were more stout. They were more aggressive. Uh, I thought they did a fantastic job uh, as opposed to the, until the last, uh, the fourth quarter, the fourth quarter, I felt like they were too much into man coverage and Kittle was burning and just shaking uh, those safeties uh, off the line of screen on the same route every time. Yeah, it, 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 really, the same dude, route every time. Same route. Basically, same one he dropped like, in the first half. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah. So that that was my take on that. Aaron Rodgers choked, 
And you know what? This is his second year in a row he's choked. I felt like just like he is as a person, he played arrogantly. There was times where he had people over the middle, uh, like Lazard, and he decided to try to play hero ball and bombing out. Lazard was way open. Uh, I think when you were the talking one about he threw to Devontae Adams all the way down. Yeah, the field. and that was yep. and that was like when there was like four and a half minutes left, five minutes. That was the, that final possession they had. That, that was the was third it. down play, and they punted. And that was the arrogantly he, he he threw it. Uh, you, you know, into double coverage as opposed to, you know, hitting a Lazard over the middle. Uh, but this is second year in a row he's choked. If you look back into when they played Tampa Bay and and when now when they played uh, the 49ers in those two playoff games, his last five passes when they needed to win the game were all incompletes. So there's no explain. You know, Rogers choked. I did. He did not play well. But let's give some credit. I said the WTF factor was. Uh, the front four of the uh, of the the 49ers defense and they they really did pressure him i felt like they did a good job stopping the run uh and what have you and five sacks from those from those four starters you're talking about two from Ar- armstead two from bosa one from ibukam yeah i told you that they're going they were going to have to be the difference if, if the niners were going to win the game and that's exactly what happened and last but not least i'm sorry about the jimmy g slander but there's an analogy going around, and I think it's a chef's kiss. It exactly explains Jimmy J. He is that student that shows up. All right, Mina to, Kimes. Uh, Let's go. It's, it's true. It's I'm, true. Not, I'm not disputing I, I, yes, I'm not it, disputing Mina, Mina Kimes said this. He is that student that shows up for a group project and just say, hey, what are we doing, and gets that A+. He just shows up to the game. And if you think I'm just being a hater, um, he's nine and two in his career where he has zero touchdowns. He's three and zero in playoff game in those playoff games. So that team is so strong. But on the flip side, if you want a glass half full, it's not going to be hard to replace him. Lance, once you guys have Trey Lance in that in that offense next year, hopefully next year, you guys should be really deadly then because. If you guys are nine and two when Jimmy G doesn't have a touchdown, what the hell are you going to be when you have Trey Lance behind, you know, under center? Yeah. And, listen, and, last I, but, and last but not least, sorry. How good are the Niners? Peter Schrager, our boy Peter Schrager, uh, you know, local uh, hometown hero here, uh, you know, stated this facts here. Five the Niners have been to five NFC championship games in eleven years. They lost Salah and LaFleur, and they keep on chugging along too. So, giving some love now. I, I gave you a little hate because I I was personally rooting for the the, uh, the Packers for the mere fact from a watchability standpoint. I like offense. Uh, I wanted to see Green Bay and, and Tampa Bay again, hopefully something different. I just wanted to see those guys go back and forth. But great management, and I think that needs to you know to be said because a lot of Niner fans, in my opinion, for what I've seen on Twitter and what have you beating up on Lynch, Shanahan in the beginning of the year, the half of the year. I was like, hey, this is a long year. They need to be recognized. And I think you guys have some of you guys have to have some uh, humble pie fresh out of the oven. No doubt. Um, No doubt about it. And I listen, I'm not going to sit here and dispute the Jimmy G slander. I have slandered him myself throughout the entire season. And I just I don't so, so here's one thing that he I can't throw two, him to the sidelines. He can't listen. Throw him to the here sidelines. are two things. Here are two things that I can tell you about this. The offense is not designed to be won by the quarterback. First of all, right. So expectations are a little bit differently. 
But reality and what can't be replaced with what he's giving you is the guys on this team are rallying behind him and believe in him. And that's just as important, man, right? Like you got to like the guy, you got to trust the guy, you got to believe in the guy. I don't care if he's the best player in the world, you know, like maybe that's why Aaron Rodgers teams can choke down the stretch because you don't know, you know what I mean? Like, cause he's a smug, arrogant prick. Right. And mm-hmm. don't tell me there's not other guys out there that are like, yo, forget this guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like it happens. And I just think believable. And you know what? Jimmy is tough, dude. Playing with that thumb, it with a with a shoulder. So both of these on his throwing hand, mind you, the thumb and the shoulder in that cold weather, like that's different, dude. Like the and to not quit, like there's there's something to that. Is he a top ten quarterback in the league? He is absolutely not. And you can't blame the guy for being on a really solid team, right? Like it, it is what it is, but the team is designed and has been designed to say, we don't have a top 10 quarterback. So just do this. And you know what, for what he's asked to do, he does more positive than he does negative, but yes, he's not going to go out there and slang for 400 yards and pull, he, and pull you back when you're down 28 points. We're just not built like that as, as a team in general, you know? So what happens when you're a run-heavy team. agree with everything you said, but I will call bullshit on one thing. When you're saying a Kyle Shanahan offense is not a quarterback-centric offense, I mean, you guys had – Shanahan has dealt with Cousins, was it RG3, uh, Matt Ryan. Who else am I forgetting here? Uh, I'm pretty sure he he, is – Down in Houston, Matt Schaub. He made Matt Schaub like an MVP candidate. Yeah, so like uh, I I call bullshit on about his offense not being a quarterback-centric. I just think he's trying to do he's he, he's he's trying to do the best of what he has. Yeah, yes, and false statement by me because every quarterback, every offense is quarterback centric. That's not true. Touch the ball from start to finish, but this touch the ball from start to finish, dude. What I'm saying is what he's being asked to do based on his own coach's awareness mm-hmm. is not being asked to do the same things that Patrick Mahomes do, that Josh Allen do, that Justin Herbert do, Joe Burrow do. He's not being asked to do those the coach knows that he's not capable of doing those things. So you plan accordingly. This is why there's so much slander. Dude, I was on the ride home from this game, listening to ESPN radio, all these Packer fans calling in saying like, get rid of Rogers. We're done. We're over. We're over. It's the same saga. And then you have the analyst being like, Hey dummies, do you realize that like you've had great quarterback play for 30 years? Like you don't know what the other side of this fence looks they like. They only had two championships, but they, but, dude, when was the last time the Packers weren't in the playoffs? Riddle me that. You know what I mean? Like, having Aaron Rodgers in that division is a oh, guaranteed no. playoff. Yeah, I was going to say, it doesn't hurt when you play when you have the Bears, Lions. It doesn't matter. It's guaranteed. But can you say that Jordan Love being their quarterback is a guarantee? Even with this same exact roster minus Aaron Rodgers, they're not in the playoffs. Like, they're somebody else is winning that division. So, it's like one of those things where you just like. But this, I think, has been Aaron Rodgers' biggest complaint when he's saying he's not involved in things like you play at Lambeau field. If you do your job, you're hosting home playoff games in cold weather, most likely in snow in slick fields. No, like mold your offense, bro. You ran the ball for 67 yards. Yeah. You got to the game changed when Dylan went out though, but it, but it really, I mean, he was averaging three yards a carry, like, it, and so was yeah, Jones. He's one like, of those guys. He's one of those guys like Derrick Henry. He gets stronger. Same, at the game fourth goes quarter, on, so, yeah. no doubt, and and it did change. But on the same token, it's like 
Like, why why has the struggle always been around the defense prior to this year? Why is the running game not as significant? Like, that should be your bread and butter. Like, when you play in the the that cold weather yeah. stadium, like, that should be the fear. Dude, and I've said this for weeks that when they've been playing home games, picking A.J. Dillon to be a fantasy guru because I'm handing that man that rock. Nobody wants to tackle a 250-pound dude with a head of steam in sub-zero temperatures. It hurts. I don't care who you are. You will you will quit. They will yeah. make you quit. Like the team, like why is it not built around that? Maybe without Aaron Rodgers and what you get to recoup, maybe you build a team like that. Just, yeah. just my thought. All right. We could spend all night here, and we have plenty to go. And I'm looking at the yeah, we got, yeah, now. yeah, we got now. We, go. we got to hit our two minute drill here. I think let's now. do, let's do four minute offense right now. Okay. So okay. L.A. Rams visited the reigning and defending world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady led. Um, I'll let. By the way, real quick for the 49ers game, I what my WTF factor, as always, is is Debo Samuel because he did everything, ran That's the ball, caught up. the ball. Yeah kickoff return that was monstrous yeah. to start the second yeah. half why why is he out returning kicks i have no idea but he does everything so back to the rams bucks i said my wtf factor last week was um, coming into this was going to have to be gronk uh necessarily the case but lou since i spent so much time on the 49ers what'd you see from this game uh to be honest with you uh, this game was getting out of hand and i was half between uh basically watching this game and uh, helping my daughter with uh, set up her iPad <laughs> this past weekend. Priorities, uh, man. Priorities, man. Uh, my WTF factor from last week was Aaron Donald. I said, if they're going to have a chance against this Buccaneers offense, they're going to need Aaron Donald to, you know, wreak havoc. And uh, lo and behold, he did. All right. So some of my talking points is pressure. Brady was sacked 22, 23 times uh, in 17 games during the regular season. Uh, he was the least sacked quarterback in the NFL. He was sacked seven times in the two playoff games he played in. Tristan, that Tristan Wirfs injury was was catastrophic for them because, and also Jensen was banged up too. Um, They need, that's how Arian, that's what Arians does. Power run team, play action, deep shot. Boom. That's what, that's, that's what he does, Arians. But Donald had himself a game. He had five tackles, one sack, three QB hits. Von Miller, who we, uh, first lauded them for obtaining, then probably criticized him because he looked washed up. Last five games, I believe he has like seven sacks. He was in Brady's face all day. I think he had a sack too. Leonard Floyd added a sack too. Uh, they got after Brady in that banged up uh, uh, Tampa Bay offense. So a little shocking. Uh, this was another game I thought I had Tampa Bay winning because I'm not a believer. I said uh, the last you know last week when the the Rams beat the Cardinals, I'm not a believer. In the Rams, um, I feel like they're soft, and they almost—they literally almost choked again. So uh, I think the Rams are perhaps one of the best three-quarter football teams out there, and uh, that's who they are. And they will—they will choke when the you know push comes to shove. So I so desperately wanted Tom Brady to to win this game, especially after the 49ers won because it was one of those things where it's like, well, wow, we probably match up really good with them right now with that banged up offensive line and just putting four on them. And let's call Brady what he is. He gets rid of that ball real, real fast, but he's a statue. You know what I mean? Like he's not, he's not moving out of the pocket. I mean, even Aaron Rodgers, like who we equate to a traditional drop back quarterback is mobile, right? Like yeah, he doesn't yeah. often get sacked easily. Um, but I thought Brady was, 
prime for the picking with them minus weapons and lo and behold, you know, that little second half comeback almost, almost came to fruition. But I mean, this game was 27 to three at one point, dude. Mm -hmm. And you, I just couldn't sit. I was just sitting there scratching my head. Like what is going on? Um, And what was going on is man, we're Rams rolling early on both sides of the ball. Like you said, I mean, getting after the quarterback, um, shutting down the run. Stafford was, on top of his game, um, you know, what I think they're still struggling is they're still trying to figure out this run game, right? Like 30 carries for 73 yards. I mean, yeah, how does Sony Michelle only have like, what is he like one or two carries in the game or something like that? Like I get one Cam, carry for four yards. Yeah. I get Cam Akers is back, but I feel like uh, they're, they're trying to force a situation here. And I know Cam Akers brings way more to the table when it comes to the passing game, but damn, man, they need to, they need to change that. Michelle was part of the reason why they, you know, they won five of the last six, I think, uh, because of that power running game. So they need to get both involved, and they did an awful job in that. And Cam is part of the reason why the, they were, I mean, he, had, he had two fumbles lost in this game yeah. that Tampa Bay was making a, a comeback. So maybe that's there, there's a switch up this weekend regardless. But I'm going to be very careful how I criticize this because I certainly do not want Sean McVay to figure this out in the next couple of days prior to our uh, contest against them. But like you said, they – they seemingly are playing three quarters like really, really well, but because aren't necessarily at, able to close out the game. And I get 27-3, man. You're like, yo, I'm up three deep scores, right? Like three two-point conversion scores. I can empathize and understand with taking the foot off the gas a little bit, but, man, that, that seems to come back and bite them in the ass more often than not, you know? They're a very arrogant and brash team, and they're full of talent, so – I just feel like they kind of, you know, was it rest on their laurels type of situation yeah. there. So like, hey, you know, we got this. Like, we're not going to try. Their other team's just going to fold over. Other team had Tom fucking Brady under center. He ain't just going to fold all, you know, over. You know, this could possibly be his last year. You think he's just going to, you know, not try? I mean, he he was going down swinging. Yeah, man, and it was almost like I tell you what, sitting in the car, listening to this, the radio, I'm like, he's going to do this. Like, oh, my God. And that's what's so sad, right? Because the first thing we think of is like, Tom is going to do this. Tom is going to do this. And this is the ultimate team game for sure. But you're like, can you just pile a moron to your legacy, please, TB12? You know what I mean? Like, we yeah. haven't had enough over the last two decades of your greatness. Um, but I think it brought some things to light. Like, I think... I think it's realistic that Tom Brady does not come back next year and might just say, this is it, enough's enough. Like, they, they kept every single piece together from last year's Super Bowl team. Every single piece, dude. And this team was a far cry from that team last year, Injury, right? Injuries, I would but say. But this happens. What, are you going to come back and say, hey, minus injuries, we're back there again next year? Yeah. Injuries happen, man. This is – NFL is a war of attrition, dude. Um, So – I, I don't I, – I think it is less likely that Aaron Rodgers hangs it up, more likely that Tom Brady um, hangs it up. But it's pretty crazy, and we'll talk about this in a second, but that, like, between Breeze last year, if those two guys are gone in the wind, I mean, that's quarterback play for the last 15 to 20 years of greatness that we've seen that is, has walked out. And that's why Brady will stay. If Aaron Rodgers retires, which he won't, if he gets traded to the Broncos, which – High pros, I think high probability he will. Who's 
really out there, you know, in the NFC causing him, you know, it'd be an easy way to get back in the playoffs. Um, I think Brady stays one more year, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it just sounded a lot more serious this year in the offseason yep. than it like ever has, right? Like it's never been a question. He's like, no, I'm playing this game till I'm 45. Like mm-hmm. now it's like, whoa, there's hesitation in that voice. And it's yeah, maybe, maybe, he's, uh, maybe he's kind of like, you know, trying to play a power move here. Like Tampa, give me more, give me, get me more, get me more, resign yeah. Godwin type stuff. You, you never know. It's going to require him to take less, right? Like to do some of those things, which he's always proved like he doesn't need the money, right? Like yeah. it's just about he's going gonna, to get He has taken rank. less too. So, yep. All right. They have the best for less. Let's bet definitely the best game um, without question. So the Buffalo Bills went into Kansas City. Um, you had Buffalo. I had Kansas City. I will. I will say that I really only had Kansas City in this game because I had prior, the week prior picked Kansas City to go to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Buffalo was going to struggle with New England a lot more than they did, so I wasn't certain, but I had to stick with what I picked, and I said Kansas City was going to the Super Bowl. So I kind of lucked out a little bit in this one. But outside of what we already talked about, like being maybe <laughs> one on of the best, best football games we've ever seen, what else did you see, Lou? Oh, I was so – I'm. I was gut punched watching the Bills lose from the fact that obviously I hate the Chiefs. I get it. But I've told you before, I love this new breed of, uh, you know, up and coming teams, the Bengals, possibly the Chargers, you know, the Bills. I want the, I want this new generation. I want out with, you know, out with the old and with the new type stuff. I love chaos and what have you. So I was really pushing for, you know, the Bills to win this game. And I really thought they could, and I really thought they were going to, too. And it just was unfortunate. Um, outside uh, the overtime rule, you know, the overtime rules, we won't, you know, beat a dead horse here. But uh, some uh, one cool stat that actually, you know, came across when I saw on Twitter, Mahomes threw for 177 yards after the two-minute warning. That is insane. Wow. Right? That, that's like, that's insane. So getting back that's to the game real quick. Yeah, getting back to the game. I really thought this was uh, Josh Allen's year uh, to get him to the Super Bowl. He's matured. He's been through ups and downs this year. I feel like he's been refined. Kept on going back and forth. What I really want to harp on is that last drive uh, with the Chiefs having, having uh, <clears throat> 13 seconds left. First and foremost, why don't you squib kick that? Take, take off some time. Yeah, that's thought. it. Yeah, I know there's McDermott didn't want to. Apparently, there was a, a talk of, or he did order to, you know, squib kick it. But Bass, I don't know what happened with Bass and what have you. Uh, not squib kicking it. That's first and foremost. Now it's 13 seconds, right? They have uh, three timeouts, if I'm not mistaken, or two. Don't know. Just looking at the way they were playing defense, I thought they were way too far back. And I felt like they should have been closer to the line, you know, closer to, you know, the skill positions, the receivers. Not saying playing bump and run, but you show the illusion of getting close to them, and then you bail out. You know uh, when the ball's you know uh, the ball's hiked, and you go to your assignment uh, zone. So <clears throat> the first one to Hill made me sick. I'm like, they can really do this. What really killed me though is that Kelsey catched the sim for the field goal. Basically, what happened was uh, called the shot. That's what happened. Well, yeah. Well. For some reason, the boundary corner of the Buffalo Bills was obsessed with guarding the sideline. Like, he he was obsessed with guarding the sideline, thinking, like, hey, I'll give him over the middle. He gave him way too much over the middle. Why are you obsessed? 
Why are you obsessed guarding the sideline when they have two timeouts? It doesn't matter if they get out of bounds. They don't have to get out of bounds. And I just thought it was, it was poor leverage by him. I just thought it was poor technique by him and, you know, awareness. And that's pretty much what it is. They had, he had, a, you know, that a lot of that, that 13 seconds, that Buffalo defense had a lot of mental lapses uh, and Mahomes took advantage of it. And lo and behold, uh, the Chiefs win. I always attribute to when I'm always picking teams, it's usually about coaching. That Chiefs, that Chiefs, you know, coaching staff, they have three head coaches on that staff, realistically. You got Reed, you have the enemy. The enemy. He really should be a head coach. I know why he's not. Everyone, yeah. Uh, it, and then you also have Spagnola, who has been, you know, he's been a head coach with the Rams. He's been the Super Bowl winner with the Giants. So it's hard to beat a team that has talent and that much, uh, that great of uh, coaching staff as well. Yeah. I, gut wrenching. Um, I don't, as, as, even though the 49ers lost the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, I actually don't hate the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm not a big Andy Reid guy, or I should say I'm not a big chief like general management guy because I take I think they take shots, rightfully so, on people getting second chances that are not good people that probably shouldn't be in the league in the first place. And they seem like a team that does this all the time and just doesn't really care, right? So I think that's the only thing that really rubs me wrong about this team. They never uh, had to bite them in the ass. That's the thing. They have Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Baker. Like, these are just dirtbags of people, and they always seem to somehow I mean, get away with it. I mean, DeAndre Baker arm-robbing people when you're a first-round draft pick. You know what I mean? Tyreek Hill beats his girlfriend. Father, like, father of you, Tyreek Hill. <laughs> yeah, like, it's... And I get it, man. Like, listen, you you, you draft. Hold on. Let's not add to the fact that they also have uh, Jackson, Josh Gord, Jackson Mahomes, and And Brittany, uh, Brittany whatever. Yeah, whatever her name is. That makes him that much more likable. And then you're right, Josh Gordon. (laughs) Yeah. So it's that's that's my only gripe. Like, I actually. Oh, oh, how about Frank Clark too? Yeah. (laughs) Another upstanding citizen. Yeah. Uh, You know, uh, was it like uh, have like a semi-automatic going on the airplane or something? So. But I do like Patrick Mahomes. Like there, he's not a ba- like a bad guy. You know, you can't say anything bad about him, and he's like really, really good. I just yeah, like just, the Buffalo Bills better. Like his I have brother and a, a wife. He can yeah, they're him. annoying. They're annoying. But that's not him. Like he can't control these people, right? Like he can't. Like, um, jo- I, I'm just I just like the Buffalo Bills more. There's so much more to like about their team. I really do like Sean McDermott uh, as a head coach. coach. Yeah, like there's so much to like. And this game was just such an epic battle, dude. Just like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Interesting tidbit. Both quarterbacks led their team in rushing, right? So Josh Allen was their leading rusher. Patrick Mahomes was their leading rusher. Gabriel Davis had the game of his career. And he's a free agent. <laughs> eight for 201 and four touchdowns, right? He and caught one, all... and one and he murdered someone too. <laughs> what was that cornerback that like? Oh my God, dude. <laughs> that guy's still laying on the field. Like they have to pick him up. And well, good news is they still play <laughs> in Kansas City, so he could just stay in the stadium. That guy after that after that play was like Lieutenant Dan going to the sidelines. <laughs> I know, man. It was brutal, <laughs> Lieutenant Dan. Um it, it just, I mean, like we talked about it before, just like an epic offensive battle. Um, both defenses were, I mean, it's hard to stop these offenses, but like nobody really, really made a stop. I felt like they were, you know, look, I mean, 
Mahomes threw for 378 and the Chiefs still ran for a buck 80. You know what yeah. I mean? Josh Allen threw for 329 and the Bills still ran for 109. Like there yeah. was no shortage of offense in this game. And unfortunately, I think the game is comes with an asterisk of sorts with everybody complaining about what the overtime rule is. But at the end of the day, you know, within the rules of the game, the Kansas City Chiefs won. But the, my biggest takeaway from this game is I just mentioned before how probably not likely, but let's say it does happen that Brady's gone. Rodgers is gone. Breeze is gone the year before. I know Ben is not the same Ben over the last couple of years, but he he's had not, some he today. Yeah, but I'm saying like he's gone, right? Like he's he he's had very good and great NFL years. Like he's yes. probably a Hall of Famer, right? But he just hasn't been oh, the same is. for the last couple. So four quarterbacks that we grew up our entire lifetime, like the majority of our lifetime watching, right? When all said and done, we're fine. The quarterback position is just fine in the NFL. Like you saw the might even be better. better. Yeah. Like to me, this Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes rivalry, this might be like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady all over again. Like these are the two teams. It's a shame. This wasn't the AFC championship game. That's the way the seating worked out. And that happens with a win or a loss. Like throughout this why every game is the most important game. Lou, you must win every game because (laughs) maybe you're the one and two seed and you don't see each other till the AFC championship game. But to me, like, this could have been the AFC championship game, maybe even should have been the Super Bowl. Uh, it just felt like these are the two best teams in the playoffs right now. Um, and what and they showed it to your point, like so happy that this game wasn't the disappointment that these shootouts, these predicted shootouts tend to turn yeah. into when it becomes like a 10-6 game, poorly played. Um, I just would have liked me personally, like I'm I'm a defensive guy. I like defense. I'm not saying that it makes great for great television. Um, but either one of these teams, like you make one prominent defense stop or force a turnover somewhere in this game, this game doesn't get to overtime. You know what I mean? If it's from Buffalo, like Kansas city doesn't have 13 seconds to, to tie this game up. And that, but that's still what made it so crazy. 13 seconds, dude, 13 seconds to get down the field. That is and I, and I, I bet, bet Buffalo's win probability was 99% when Kansas City got the ball. And I bet, I'll tell you right now, I, you know, if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan, I bet they were still somewhat, not confident, but like, this game's not over yet. This game's not over yet type stuff. I felt like they still thought there was a hope because of Mahomes and Reed. Dude. They were saying on the radio, they didn't obviously wouldn't say this on television, but the radio announcers were like, and Kansas City Chief fans are leaving the stadium. Ah, interesting. Okay. Can you so... imagine missing that? Wow. The only thing I can compare it to is uh when Michael Strahan set the record for sacks in a single season, was Favre still on the Packers? Or yes, was he, he was. A... Okay. Yes. So like where he basically just like called an audible and like rolled into Strahan to give it to him. Mm-hmm. I was at that game with my brother and a buddy and we left that game like a minute. Be- and then we heard the crowd erupt as we were like on the escalator, like getting out of MetLife and was mm-hmm. like, Oh my God, did we really just like miss that right now? That's the only thing to compare it to, but that game was lost. Like that game was over, right? Like, dude, do you imagine being a Kansas City Chiefs fan and you have to like look other fans in the eye and say, Hey, I walked away with, Patrick Mahomes getting the ball with 13 seconds and we made it to the parking lot. Even the, the radio commentator goes, 
where do you think you're going in with these this extra 13 second buffer to get out of the parking <laughs> lot like it doesn't make sense to me you know and i don't i don't remember the names of the announcers that were on um serious radio for like the nfl station that were broadcasting this game but they were they were just as entertaining as the game was these two guys going back and forth i need to google it because they were pure comedy like some of the things that they were saying i was dying laughing it i mean literally kept me awake on my 19 hour drive home um all right now we're at the two minute warning now we gotta bust now we're at the two minute warning we gotta rush through these i'm going in order of game time right so championship weekend here we go two games left you got the afc championship you got the cincinnati Bengals visiting the kansas city chiefs you know the deal, Lou. Tell me what this game is going to look like. Give me your winner and maybe even give me your WTF player. All right. So, uh, or factor. I, sorry. Yeah. The correct term is WTF factor. Yeah. So, um, for, you know, for me, I said last week that whoever was winning the Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs game, they will be the representative in the, in the Super Bowl. I picked Buffalo. I was wrong. So for me, I will stick to stick to that comment and say I believe the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win. I just don't think this offense for the Bengals. I think they're hitting a plateau. Like I've said, they've had in their playoffs they had three touchdowns, eight field goals. That's not going to do it against Kansas City. And I know uh, they beat Kansas City earlier in the year. All that being said, this is a, this is a different team with Kansas City. They're running the ball a little better, uh, the, so that makes them multidimensional. This is a different team. Uh, in, in Cincinnati, they're not running the ball well at all. Now, this is going on six weeks in a row that uh, Mixon has rushed for under four yards per carry. It's it's very troublesome, and it all stems from the offensive line too. So it'll be a good game. It'll be a close game. But, hey, I think the Bengals are a year too early. Uh, I do have Kansas City moving on to the Super Bowl, and uh, my WTF factor, I mean, how else can it, who else can it be but, you know, Mahomes? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would, I, it's hard for me to not root for the Bengals and oh, yeah, yeah. outside, yeah. outside from the fact that I picked the Kansas city chiefs to go to the super bowl. Right. Like that'd be the only be like, Hey, maybe I get one of these. Right. Um, but I, I agree. I do. I, again, I do not. It's hard for me to say that a team that arrives at the AFC championship is still a year too early. It's very hard to even get to this game. <laughs> Um, and some things have worked, you know, their opponents they've seen along the way have been a little bit more favorable to say the least to, to get to where they are. You're right. Um, but I agree. I think lack of experience, young team, the inability to effectively run the ball. You talked about Spagnola, former NFL coach could be an N- a head coach right now. Um, so former head coach could be a head coach right now. He's ready for what that offense is going to bring. Like he's just ready for it. Like he knows how to take it away. And you're right. Cincinnati did did beat Kansas city earlier in the year. This is not the same chiefs team that they beat. Um, I know it's not the same Bengals team, but this chiefs team right now, like remember a a week ago, I was mentioning that like Tyreek Hill has seemingly disappeared from the offense, right? Mm -hmm. Well, he's back the last two weeks, right? right? Like that's a big deal. This team has been knocked for having to play like dink and dunk football when they've always been big play, explosive football. And they've they figured that out well along the way. I think this game, they're going to get back to chunk plays like they're I think against Cincinnati, they're going to be able to get back 
to their old identity. And that does not bode well for any opponent. And most importantly, like I know the Bengals are rolling. You have to be rolling to get to an AFC championship game. But like Kansas City's rolling, rolling fast. They look fresh. They look healthy. Um, I think they're – is they're Mathel also- playing? Is Tyron Mathel playing? Because I know he got concussed early in the – didn't he get concussed Let's- early in the game last week? Yeah, but I mean, let's be honest with, with with each other right now. Who, how many players get concussed during the playoffs and miraculously are able to play and clear? Nick Bosa, over? Nick Bosa. No, he wasn't the only one. It's 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 freaking ridiculous, uh, because during the during the regular season they're missing that game. So, um, <clears throat> so yeah, uh, I don't know about Matthew if he's playing yet. But uh, all that being said, they're also very motivated, the Kansas City Chiefs, because everyone yeah. they they have some uh, lot was a bulletin board material that. You know, people were writing them off in the beginning of the year, in the middle of the year, and I thought it was foolish. Uh, but they, they, I guarantee they're using that. They're still using that as motivation. So, yeah, actually, I saw a quote from D'Amico Ryan's 49ers off, uh, defense coordinator today about like, because now this, do you remember when Kittle called like, said the, the, Week 18 game against the Rams was going to be like a body bag game was the phrasing that he used. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it came up after the game. And Kittle never said, like, we're putting them in a body bag. In fact, when they were up 17 nothing, they were trash talking Kittle saying, we're putting you in a body bag. And he just kept saying too much time, too much time, too much time. Right. Um, so that came back up from Raheem Morris, the defensive coordinator over there. And they asked D'Amico Ryans about it. And D'Amico Ryans was like, if you – if you play in the NFL and you're at this point in the season and you still need bulletin board material, you're probably in the wrong sport. Is <laughs> literally what he came out and said, right? You know, and I, I kind of like that, but I, I know every team is constantly in search of that. Like, don't give that extra motivation. I just, I just found his, uh, his commentary to be pretty quick-witted and pretty stout to be like, look, yeah. If your paycheck's not enough, if your will to win this game is not enough, like don't be on my football field. Like yeah. I don't, I don't need to hang something in the the locker room that somebody sent about you. Like you're all on social media, you all see it, you all figure it out. Blah blah blah. All right, great segue by the way. Yeah, Speaking. let's get into the the NFC Championship game. Your Would night you like game on first? Sunday night. Um, I can go. Yeah, first. no, I'll go first. I'll go first. Um, I'm very superstitious, and I. I went before you last week because so, okay. you closed it out telling me and Jason why we were both wrong. Um, so 49, San Francisco 49ers at the Los Angeles Rams. Oh, first, I, I, I too, again, said previous, give me Chiefs. Mahomes yep. is my WTF as well. Um, so 49ers at Rams. Trilogy, man. Um, you know, I said this before week 18 that it's really hard to beat teams – Six times in a row. Well, it's really hard to beat teams. Probably even harder to beat teams seven times in a row, three times in the same season. Another factor as to why I was more intent on playing Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus having to see a division rival for a third time. Like that's just tough sledding. Although what made me feel a little bit better was I found a, I saw a statistic. So 21 times in NFL history, teams have played each other for the third time in the playoffs. And or, so it's happened way more than that. But the 21 times accounts for how many times there's been a team 2-0 and going into that game. And the team that's been 2-0 and has won 14 
of those 21 times for a 66% winning percentage. 66% I, of the time, it works all the time, man. You, I honestly <laughs> thought those odds would mo- look more like 20 to 30%. Here's what my gut tells me. Hey, this is going to oh, be... Th- hold on. Before you, before you get... Do not protect your heart. I want your football no, brain. I can't. Right. I'm very superstitious, dude. I'm oh very superstitious. God. I'm very superstitious, bro. I can't. I can't. I can't do that. Um, it's worked for me so far. 49er fans will forgive me because I'm doing it for them. I'm not doing it for me. Uh, what are you staring at me like that for, dude? I picked the Rams to win both of the regular season games. Uh, and those weren't even like protecting my heart. Those were like literally what I felt. Um, here's the reality. Do I like the 49ers chances to win this game? You're fucking right. I do. Like I believe in being in somebody's head um, a little bit. And the reason why I believe it is I feel like the game the Rams should have won was probably week 18 when they went up 17, nothing versus the blowout and beatdown that happened in um, Levi's field earlier in the season that literally turned our entire season around. Like that's when we got back on track. Um, You know, I, I think about things that you say, like this is a, to me, this team feels soft. 49ers feel like hardened and like ready for this. And in everything that's taken place, getting in to the playoffs via that week, week 18 win in overtime, going down to Dallas, beating Dallas, going into Lambeau, beating Green Bay in the fashion that they did. Like these sort of things, like Michael Strahan said, it just reminded him of that 2007 Giants. Yes. Run stealing my thunder wild card. Like sometimes a team just feels like they have that, like something special, and it feels like that. Like it really, really feels like that. Um, you know, no secret on what our formula has to be got to run the ball, right? Like you got to, you got to keep Stafford one dimensional and you have to get after him. Can't let LA all of a sudden find their running game, right? Like because then that makes them tougher to beat. So the formula is the same that it's been the last two times we saw them. Got to get pressure with four. Got to get in Stafford's face. Got to force them to make mistakes. Got to run the football well. Um, if you're the San Francisco 49ers and number 10 needs to limit those turnovers to not in opportune times. And he's going to, just like he had to do in week 18, he's going to have to make a few big throws in big time moments. And you do that, you walk out of there with a W in what they call Levi South right now, because better believe there will be more 49er fans than Ram fans. Um, it's a fact. Like, uh, StubHub's already saying that 43% of the ticket purchases are coming from Northern California. And I promise you with LA vacating the Rams vacating LA for 20 years or whatever it was, there's plenty of Southern California, San Francisco 49ers fans. It's going to feel just like last time. And they, they play a home, a home Super Bowl if, if that's the way that it works out. All that being said, making me sick. I'm picking the Rams. And you all know uh, why I'm doing it. You all know why I'm doing it. Call it protect your heart. Call it whatever it is. I'm superstitious. Yes. This thing's been happening for many weeks this season. Um, it's is this a must-win right. game, by the way, for the for, for the Niners? <laughs> you're damn right it is, bro. <laughs> you're damn right it is. So tell me, tell me what you're tell me what you got on your mind, bro. Uh you killed me with that stray hand comment because I was literally about to say, listen, in my opinion. Are the 49ers the best team in the in the NFC playoffs uh, this year? No, they're not the best team, in my opinion. Are they the hottest team, though, in the NFC playoffs? You bet your ass they are, and sometimes that's all it takes, a la the New York Giants that year. They they went against, you know, uh, 
you know, the Packers and, and the Patriots and what have you. It reminds me exactly like that. I wish you did not bring that straight hand thing. So, uh, so uh, all that being said, for me, this is just matchups. Yeah. Niners want to run the ball. Guess what? Rams are soft. What did I call them? Soft like a Twinkie feeling, yeah. right? They can't. They won't stop the run. All right. Rams. Rams want to run the ball too. Believe it or not, to set up their passing game. What did the Niners not allow? Rushing yards, right? Rant, uh, Matthew Stafford. He did really good against the Cardinals, and he did pretty good against the the Buccaneers because both teams blitz a lot. What did the Niners not do? Not they don't blitz. blitz. It's literally. It's literally the yin and the yang, complete opposites, and it's not bode well for the Rams. And that being said, I'm picking your San Francisco 49ers to beat the Rams this weekend. WTF factor? I'll say Bosa. I'm not going to be cheap and say Debo because it's going to be Debo, but I'm going to say he's going to – he's going to – he's going to – He's going to wreck some havoc, you know, in that backfield, but uh, with Stafford and what have you. So, yeah. Um, big thing to consider in this game is for both teams, do their left tackles play, right? Um, oh, Trent Williams is playing. I don't care what you say. That guy. Bro, did you see Kyle Shanahan put that man in motion last week and what he did to two, def- two defenders? Dude, dude, they'll hand him the ball this week. I swear to you. Like, yeah, don't be surprised. Go, you probably see... got a full back up the middle type Bro, shit. like, that's a big, bad man who moves way too fast for his size. Mm-hmm. Um, But, dude, it, it, it's going to, you know, does the ankle hold up? Like, ankles are important on a big man. You know what I mean? Like, does it hold up? Whitworth is battling the same thing. Now, the only, the only thing is um, Williams didn't play in the Week 18 finale. Right, so they started Colton McKivitz for the first time. Like he was even active all season, he and he up. held up pretty well. But Von Miller's coming on strong, and he that's Von's side. So like Trent Williams is required material for this game, <laughs> and yeah. and he knows it. And there's no way he's not. You he's got two weeks. Playing. Yeah, you got two weeks before the Super Bowl. Like everybody's playing. Um, so it should be uh should be interesting, man. And so there you have it. You have our recap of what we saw and. Arguably the most exciting weekend of football, um, and especially playoff football in the divisional round. Uh, two hopefully entertaining championship games this weekend in the AFC Championship and the NFC Championship. So, Lou, that wraps us up. We'll be back next week. We'll obviously talk some things, um, probably recap this game. Uh, we'll find a couple of unique segments that we can talk about. Maybe we'll throw in like our MVPs and stuff like that because there's only going to be two games to talk about and we got a lot of time to fill. But after that, dude, Senior Bowls next weekend. That's so that's that's where we get into your your stick. And if I have to remind you, the the week after the Senior Bowl was our first ever show. So because we talked about our recap of Senior Bowl practice week senior bowl game and then we spun that into like super bowl coming right right? and gave some minutes about super bowl so that was our our first ever show we'll stick with that format so next week we'll come back recap what we saw in championship weekend maybe give out some superlatives uh for the the year for the regular season a couple rewards i don't know spice it up a little bit um and then we'll be back the following week and it's senior bowl and it'll be the one year anniversary uh for your favorite podcast what's the gift for a one-year anniversary for a podcast i believe it's a hug 
Uh, maybe a slap middle, on the I, ass. I thought it was the middle finger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, congratulations, you survived the year. So, <laughs> Lou, like you always do, tell everybody where they can find us, follow us. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WTF Pod NFL. And Weston, as always, uh, plug the YouTube channel. You can find the video content on YouTube at We're, uh, We're Talking Football. Uh, hit that like, hit that subscribe. Uh, subscribe for those notifications. It'll let you know when the new video pops up. But uh, good luck, oh, yes. everybody. Hold on, hold on. Before we go, yes, everyone, we need more subscribers for the YouTube channel for the mere fact that Weston stated if we got 500 YouTube followers this year, he's going to take me out to a nice fancy dinner. And I expect to be really hungry during that day. So, And we so. might make it in San Francisco, California, when you and I go to the – 49ers chargers games in in santa clara next season so maybe that'd be the opportune time to do it so help us out tell your friend tell your friends tell your friends tell your family <laughs> tell people you don't even like just convince them to hit that like and that subscribe and, and help us out uh, good luck to everybody's teams this weekend looking forward to it and we'll wrap with you again next week